This is Around the Rim with LaChina Robinson. Hello, basketball fans. That's right. It is Around the Rim, your ESPNW women's basketball podcast. And guess where I am? I am in Bristol with my girl, Tarika. In the building. It is so rare for us to be able to record together. Usually I'm at home in my closet, as you probably saw on Twitter. And Tarika's holding it down in the studio. But I get to be with Tarika today. I'm actually excited. This is twice within two months. I know. You were here last That's month right. in November. So I don't know what. This week has just been the best. It has <laughs> been the best. Tarika, I'm going to let you share. We have some really big news to share with all of our loyal Around the Rim fans. Tarika, tell the fans what in the world is happening. Well, I'm sitting at my desk and I get this random email from my boss. And the subject line of the email says, you need to read this. And I say to myself, what did I say on Twitter that has embarrassed (laughs) ESPN this week? And I open it up. It's a link to the Sports Illustrated article detailing the 2017 best podcast of the year. And although our name was not sitting as the winner, we were in the top five as one honorable mention as the best sports podcast of 2017. How about that? Can you believe it around the rim fans? I mean, when Tarika told me that she tweeted it, so I saw it, and then I was like, no, that's not us. And I actually called her. My my phone was dying. I'm sitting on the floor <laughs> on a pillow. Like, literally, I, I cried. Like, tears actually came out of my eyes. Seriously. Like, this is huge. Super huge. There are hundreds. Hundreds. Of podcasts. And let's not forget that we're in the middle of NFL season Fantasy football is crazy right now. NBA season is so much drama. And throughout everything else, Around the Rim. Around the Rim is there. So there's there was one winner. It was a wrestling podcast. It was a wrestling podcast. And then mm-hmm. there were four honorable mention. Um, the other ESPN podcast that was one of the four honorable mention was 30 for 30, which is very popular. Very. I mean, but I, we just, Tariq and I just want to thank you guys honestly because we do this because we love women's basketball we know that our fans really want and need this platform we know that our coaches and our players deserve this opportunity and you might not see women's basketball everywhere but you know you're going to get it from around the rim so we just want to thank you i want to thank tarika chanea gumake was part of this whole idea to begin with i mean she it was really her brainchild um and you know so we total shout out to her she's still a big part of everything we do and then laura gentilly is is someone else you know i remember sitting in laura's office i i actually flew to new york sat with laura um and and said hey i think we should do this and it it ended up happening um tarika who do you want to thank um thank uh people here at espn who believed in me my manager daniel dopp i have to give him a shout out because when i came to him with an idea that i wanted to do a women's basketball podcast he's like look i'm all for it just pitch it to who you need to pitch it to and everyone's not a believer and that's fine but what yesterday proved was perseverance is everything if you just continue to strive and continue to stay motivated and dedicated to whatever it is that your passion is then things will happen for you doors will open and it's amazing yeah we just want to say thank you and also to all of our guests man i mean we've had 
legends. We've had Teresa Edwards. We've had Gino Oriema, Tar Vanderbilt. I mean, we have had some of the biggest names, Diana Taurasi, on our podcast, Muffin McGraw, Rebecca Lobo, Lisa Leslie, Dawn Staley. Like, we have had so many, uh, so many people have said yes to us. Mm-hmm. And that is a major part of it, is them taking their time to be on the show. Everyone that tweets us at Around the Rim, if you've ever retweeted or posted or interacted with us, Thank you guys so much. Thank now, you. obviously, you know, this is a big, huge deal to us, but we still have so much work to do. We've got some brand new things we're trying to bring to the show starting the first of the year, but we just didn't want to miss the opportunity to say thank you. And um, I'm so grateful to have Tarika. She is awesome. I call her my fabulous producer for a reason. She is really the engine that makes us go. And um, you yeah. play a huge role in that, LaChina. People don't know me. Everyone in the women's basketball world knows you. And so with Without your voice and without your presence and your connections and your dedication to the sport, that's what makes this podcast go. Girl, that's only because I'm always talking. That's why everybody knows why that girl won't shut up. So we will shut up at this point because we have a fantastic show today. Guys, we have Bill Lambeer, um, the brand new, newly named Las Vegas Aces. Uh, the new WNBA team, I should say, relocated WNBA team that used to be the San Antonio Stars. Bill Lambeer is going to join us. He will be the head coach. He is the head coach and president of basketball operations. We also have uh, Morgan William, the shot. Morgan William um, from Mississippi State joining us. We did a profile on her um, this year that you are going to love, especially as she talks about the shot and all the response that how her life has really changed over this past year. Um, so we're excited to have her. And Angel Gray is going to help us today recap what's hot uh, and in women's basketball, we're hoping to have Angel as a consistent part of our show. We love her. She's awesome. She's covering women's basketball. So, hey, why not? Um, just want to say quickly before we hop into the first quarter with Angel, um, keep your eyes out for number 1000. Gina Oriema is on the cusp of his 1000th career victory as the head coach. Um, the Yukon Huskies, 11 national championships. You already know what it is. Uh, he will have an opportunity to go for win 1000 Tuesday, December 19th against Oklahoma. Um, I did game 999, which was against the DePaul Blue Demons. It was the first game since they had, um, played Notre Dame, which was obviously was an awesome game. And, um, so we are excited about Coach Oriema. I was reflecting and I, we will reflect more on our podcast once he's hit that number, but I was just reflecting a little bit on how he has really touched every part of the game of women's basketball. And for me has always been willing to share, um, just about the game. He's a teacher. He wants to teach the history. He's okay with you being at his practice. He's going to talk you through things, his thoughts on everything. And we just appreciate him. He was on our podcast this year. If you had, didn't hear that, go back and, and listen. Um, so anyway, we are excited for Coach Oriema, and we'll do some things with that. And Morgan William is one of the few, one of the few players that can say that she was part of the team that beat the UConn Huskies. So that's Ironic that she is going to be coming up later on the show, Tarika. You're good. You're good at planning. I'm telling you, I got this. Oh, see, <laughs> it's awesome. All right, fans. Um, again, we just want to thank you. Remember, um, hashtag around the rim. If you want to reach us on social media, um, you can find us on the ESPN podcast on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, comment. But right now, we are going to kick off this very exciting show. First quarter. 
Fans, it is the first quarter. That means we are blowing the whistle. And we have a whistleblower of sorts joining us for the first <laughs> quarter. Um, Tarika and I are really excited to have, first of all, a new member of the Dirty 30 Club. She is a former women's basketball hooper from Florida State, which we are going to talk a little bit about the Knowles um, before we let her go. But please join us in welcoming to Around the Rim, none other than basketball analyst, reporter, extraordinaire, Angel Gray. Welcome, Angel. Thank you, guys. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me back. We are so happy to have you. Now, from what I understand, um, you are going to fill us in on a couple of observations and, and games that you've seen happen this past week. What, what are you seeing out here in the women's basketball landscape, Angel? Okay, well, first I have to start off with Texas and Tennessee. Obviously, that was a huge game that everyone was watching. If you didn't, you missed out. Yes. Um, both were undefeated. So you're talking about both teams that are undefeated, but everyone's waiting to see what this Tennessee team is really about. And I think their test with Texas, being the number two team and then defeating them, but then also seeing Jamie Nard and Mercedes Russell completely go off and both had double doubles. Jamie Nard, twenty three points, thirteen rebounds. Is this is this week's uh, player of the year as far as uh, SEC? Um, but it was just exciting to watch that game. I think the big thing about the Texas and Tennessee game was how the freshmen really stepped up. They had the number one recruiting class coming in. They understand the tradition. Uh, Coach Holly Warlick has been talking about the tradition from the very beginning and the buy-in and what makes this team so special. And so it was cool to see how they had the former players of the three national championship team comes in, and they just spoke to them and said, this is what we're about. This is what we want to see for the program. And then after the game, I think it was pretty cool to see Shamika Holtzkoff tweet out, I haven't seen Tennessee play this hard and together in a long time. Yes. It goes a long way. So I just just looking at that and just seeing how they out rebounded Texas fifty one to forty seven and you have the team that's scoring eighty eight points a game they're winning the glass by a margin of twelve like there's so many great things that you can see in this team and then even with Nar saying okay well we beat the number two team so where do we lie in that so the question is like where do we see them I think for me I love their grit I love the youth I love the buy in I love the leadership from Nard and Russell and just adding that freshman class in there to really compete, I think it's going to be fun. I really want to see them be consistent throughout the year, but that game was definitely one you wanted to watch. Yeah, you know what? I was watching, I was actually in Vegas, um, and I was I was watching and moving back and forth doing stuff, and first half I was a little sad. I was like, ooh, this is an ugly game. I mean, I don't know what the shooting percentages were, but I was like, this is not what I expected. And then in the second half, the game got tight. Every, the game got tight, but players seemed to get Loose, And you mentioned Holly Warlick. And right now we're actually going to listen to some sound from Holly who caught up with our ESPN, Debbie Antonelli and Beth Moens after the game. Courtside with Holly Warlick as Tennessee stays unbeaten, goes to 10-0. and is going to be a big test, especially for your youngsters today. What impressed you about the way they uh, kept it together down the stretch? Well, they start off a little shaky, Beth. I understand yeah. that. It was a great crowd. And, and what... How good is Texas? I mean, we have so much respect for them. And uh, once we settled down, we did some really good stuff, and we, we needed them. We needed Andy to hit those shots. We needed Renai to get rebounds and Navina, all of them. So it, it was a great, great team win. Our team was really, really focused, and when we didn't do some things, they stayed focused. And big, big win for us. 
Holly, you finished the game with three freshmen on the floor. Your 2-3 zone was terrific all game. Yeah. What were you most impressed about with the way your team showed some toughness down the stretch? They did. We did. We needed toughness. We needed resilience. They, they're physical, and we held our ground. And so we didn't get caught up in, you know what? We didn't get caught up in, oh, we thought that was a bad call. It was a bad song. Just play the game. And I thought we kept our focus. Um and, and we finished the deal, and, and they're physical. We're, we're, we talked a lot about being physical with them, being physical, being mentally tough, being physically tough. I mean, I was – I'm right there with you, Angel, and I'm right there with you, Shamiqua. I was so impressed with the efforts of this this Tennessee team. Holly mentioned the 2-3 excuse me, Debbie mentioned the 2-3 zone. I thought their size – bothered Texas, especially their point guard, Brooke McCarty, which this had to be the worst game I've ever seen her play. I mean, this this young woman is impressive, but was totally um, out of her game, ended up fouling out. Obviously, you know, when you have a point guard that that's important to, to what you do, like Brooke McCarty, that's a huge hit um, for Texas. And I thought late in the game when things got tight, they, they were missing her. But so the first half was ugly. Second half was better. But I, I just like this Tennessee team. They look like they enjoy each other. Um, they're very selfless. I mean, this is a number one recruiting class, this freshman class. And, and Debbie mentioned three of them being on the floor at the end of the game. There's some pressure that comes along with this, but they really responded. And this was the highest, the part that I, that excited me is this is the highest ranked team. That ha- that Holly Warlick has defeated in her era as the head coach, so the number two team. Mm-hmm. So, what does that say? You know, kind of about the future. And I, again, I was impressed whether it was Renaya or or Westbrook, um, and then Nard and Russell, which they are a handful um, mm-hmm. on the interior. So, I, I just you know, in, as far as Texas is concerned, I think they'll be better when they get Joyner Holmes back. Uh-huh. Um, you know, obviously she's sitting out right now because of a violation of, of school rules, but uh, they needed her athleticism. They needed one more body on the glass with at least some experience in those situations. Um, and, and I just thought, gosh, Texas did not look disciplined, you know, and, and Karen Aston said, you know, we'll learn and we'll grow from this, which I believe they will. They'll need to do that quickly. Um, but actually, Karen Aston said after the game, we did not look very well coached. And that right. bothers me. And uh, you know how coaches are. If you're, that means you're not doing what you're supposed to do on the scouting report. So we are getting Holly Warlick on the show at some point. Um, Tarika and I, Tarika, actually, I'll give a shout out to Tarika. She had her ready for the show today. I have a, a mandatory meeting that's going to keep me from being on, uh, from us being able to interview her this week. But we will get Holly Warlick on the show. Congratulations to the Lady Vols. Now, Angel, what else was out here? Um, in the basketball landscape this week that caught your attention? Well, we got to go to the West Coast. If y'all can just travel to the West hey. Coast. Hey! We're going to go over there. <laughs> but Oklahoma State beat UCLA. 587-72. What? I, I get excited about watching those West Coast games because they're a little later for, for my time, my bedtime, but Lauren Goodwin is a player to watch. This week's ESPNW National Player of the Week. All right, so let me start with this. 27 points and six rebounds in that game, but it's what she's been able to do leading up to that game. Now, two losses previously to before the UCLA game, but 29 points versus Tennessee and Cancun, 35 points and 10 rebounds against Mississippi State. Now, their team said, we knew that we can beat a ranked team, and unfortunately UCLA had to witness that firsthand, but I am so impressed with how together they were 
they were shooting out lights out, literally 46% from the field. Miller, Jensen, and Goodwin had those points. Miller had 19, Jensen had 19, just with the starters in that group. But then even for UCLA, Jordan Canada had 28 points. But it's who's helping her on that roster as well. Kenny Burke finished with 12, which was the only other player in double figures. And then Monique Billings with nine. So it was very interesting to see how that team came together and just really threw the first punch and never looked back. Yeah, you know, it, it's been interesting to watch this Oklahoma State team come together, Angel, and you're absolutely right. I mean, Lauren Goodwin, she has been through it. I mean, she started off her career. She's been at, this is her fourth different school. She started right. off at North Texas. Then she was at Butler. Then she was at UTSA. And now she's at uh, Oklahoma State as a grad student. I need to know how she got all this eligibility. I'm about to call it NCAA because <laughs> I just don't even, I didn't even know that was possible. Now, a lot well, of that. about it. It's the coaching changes. So every, she was. The first team that she went to, the coach left, and she stayed. And then the next team that she went to, I think it was Butler, the coach, you know, left from that program. She was like, I just want to be at another, a different program with Texas. And it just it seemed like it panned out for her. But everywhere she went, she was a threat, and she was a lean scorer. Well, you know I love her because she's team lefty. Um, I remember when she was when she was at Butler. I, I loved her game, but you know they've been challenged, and I, I believe their head coach's last name Jim. Forgive me if I'm saying this. I believe it's Latell, but I'm not sure. But either way, he'll call me if it's not. Um, but they almost. I mean, they challenged Mississippi State, and they challenged Tennessee. And, you know, when you have those games, eventually you're going to get over the hump of beating a, a top 25 team, and they happen to take down, at the time, number seven, UCLA. Let me ask you this, Angel. Corey Close said, we miss layups, we miss free throws, but that part doesn't bother me as much as the, as much as the way we play defensively, giving up mm-hmm. 87 points, and Oklahoma State shot 46% against them. Uh, I mean, the Pac-12 has some of the best defensive teams in the country. Um, what is it? What, what did you see happening there? Uh, or, or, or how can they fix this? I guess. Do you think this is a one-off? You've watched UCLA play. Defense is a part of their their identity. They're athletic and all of that. How can they fix this moving forward? Well, just as we're impressed with Tennessee, it starts with their defense. It's great that they've scored 88 points per game, but it's what they are able to do defensively. UCLA is the same way. So it's it take, you're taken aback when you see how they're giving up points. And I will say this, being coached by Corey Close at UCLA, even though she's a great offensive mind, she holds you accountable defensively, and she is not going for it when you're allowing people to score um, on your defense. And I think that's more of a team mental focus. You have to be dialed in, grit, show some um, help defense. All of that um, really goes into how am I going to have each my teammates back, how are we going to rotate, that's the togetherness that Coach Close wants for her program, and we didn't see that in that game, and I think that's something that you can fine-tune. I do think that they're going to get better at it, but in this game, they were exposed defensively, and I don't know if it was just an energy standpoint, but a lot of help, help side wasn't there, um, just allowing them to get open shots from the three-point line and uncontested shots at that. So that's something you have to go into the film room and correct, but that's not um, what we usually see from that Bruins squad. Yeah, we'll definitely be keeping our eyes on UCLA because the expectations are very sky high um, for Corey Close's group. All right, Angel, what else you got for us? All right, last but not least. All right, so I know you cover the Big East quite a bit. Villanova, can we talk about them and their 9-0 start? Yes. What? Best start in 37 years, Latina. I just, it's been fun to watch them and their last game beating them 
uh, Temple 69 and 65. Last year, they lost to them 48 to 83. No, actually, yeah, lost to them. So it's just very interesting to see how they bounce back, you know, and what that takes. And I think just with, you know, the team that they have and just being able to have so many players step in, uh, you, you're, you look at it and it's just like, wow, what is different? And it's been fun to watch how the team has come together collectively and have been able to put up points and and just really turn things around. Yeah, I was saying today, this may be the most talented team I've seen from Harry Peretta in a while. Like um, Alex Lewin, Adriana Hahn, who scored more Mm -hmm. points, I believe, in high school than uh, Elena Deladon. She's out of Delaware can really score the basketball, Kelly Jaycott. They, this is a group of really talented, and not to say that Harry Pretta doesn't always have talent, but his style is more, he wants fundamentally sound players who mm-hmm. uh, can shoot the basketball. They're a five out. Like his style of play, they're slowing it down. They're in the gaps defensively. It's so hard to play against because it's unlike anything you've ever done. Like, it's going to be a low right. low possession game. They're going to force you to play in the half court. But the talent. I mean, Temple, mm-hmm. Temple is a team, and you know this because you cover the American Athletic Conference closely. Um, mm-hmm. You know, shout out to Tanya Cardoza, who was the head coach at yes. Temple, UVA legend, longtime UConn assistant. Um, mm-hmm. But she she's done a fantastic job there. Now, they, they've been hit by the injury bug this year, so I think it may slow down the train a little bit. But the fact that Villanova was able to – guard such an athletic team um they are they can go off of the bounce and and that's something one of the things that Villanova has struggled with in in times over the years so I'm just so happy for Harry Peretta I'm gonna round up and say he's been coaching 50 years he's gonna call me after that one too um but it's probably a seriously it's probably his 40th year at Villanova at one school and you know I I just, he's never gotten away from his style of play. This could be a big year. They already beat Duke. Um, yeah. You know, high expectations for Marquette and for Creighton and for DePaul in the league. But it's like, okay, Villanova, they actually have a good chance to win the league, especially based on the way that those other teams I just named have started the season. Marquette is not where I thought they would be. So mm-hmm. um it's really going to be interesting to watch. Angel, we are so happy that you will be joining us um, with this segment. And, um, you know, whenever you can, Tariqa, look, Tariqa will call you. <laughs> but we're so excited to have you. And let me just ask you this really quickly. What are your expectations as your Florida State Seminoles take on Texas on Sunday? I think that's going to be a great game. I remember watching them, I think it was last year, actually, when they lost in what, double overtime to Texas. And a couple of fans are like, well, we need to watch the UConn game for, you know, that I think the Hunters win. But I think they're seeking that that finishing aspect for that program. And they have Amani Wright, Shakela Thomas, who has gone off and showed people why in her senior year, why she's such an elite player. But so many different pieces that even Shatrice White coming back, the sixth player of the year for ACC. I think they have everything that it takes um, in order to compete against Texas. Texas is a great, phenomenal team. Um, but it will be interesting. They have to push the pace. They have to control the pace of the game and definitely win and be dominant on the board. So we'll see how that happens. Um, but I'll definitely be tuned in. I know you will be, too, because you're a sports junkie just as I. <laughs> we will be glued to the tube. Thank you so much, Angel. <laughs> we appreciate you. Uh, where can no fans problem. find you on social media? Where can they find you on Twitter or Instagram? Where are you, where are you hiding at, girl? 
Girl, so on Twitter, I am Angel underscore Gray with an A, one, and then Instagram, Angel Gray. That's about three A's in there. But Angel Gray, you can find me on Instagram. And I do want to tell you guys, first off, congratulations on your nod for Sports Illustrated, um, honorable mention for podcasts. This is the best podcast, in my opinion. So thank you guys for having me. Oh, well, you make us even better, Angel. We'll talk to you next week, girl. <laughs> All right. <talk laughs> All right. Thanks for the scoop, right. Angel. Second quarter. Inside the huddle. So, women's basketball fans, we have with us another bright and shining star in the game. Maybe the brightest star, actually, coming into this season. Um, None other than Morgan William of Mississippi State. Welcome to the show, Morgan. Thank you. (laughs) Look at she. Did you see the pause there? Like, you heard that applause. You wanted to take in that applause. I told her when she walked in, she was a superstar. See, the the people in studio with us right now, we've got a great support crew here from Mississippi State. They can't hear the applause that's going off in her ear once I announce her name. So that's what caught her off guard. Um, How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah. Glad to be up here. Let me tell you, and, and maybe you can help me put some perspective on this, but your stardom has grown tremendously from where we were this time last season. Because, honey, I see those Twitter followers and Instagram, all this. How have you handled kind of like that that part of, of your success? I think I handled it um, pretty well. I think I'm the same, same person, just more people behind me, more followers, more likes, <laughs> more stuff like that. And people know me now. So then they get me out my shell to talk more and interact with people. And when you walk around campus, people just, everybody knows you. Yes, everyone knows me. I can't go unnoticed. Wow. That means you got to clean up your behavior. Chewing, spitting out your gum on the sidewalk, all that kind of stuff. You can't do all that. I've always been classy. Ooh, you heard that? <laughs> I've always been classy. I like that. So let's let's back up some because you probably don't remember me, but I actually covered like some of your early games back when you were just quiet and I'm still quiet, and I do remember you. You do? Yeah. Okay, I was about to say it. You came to Starville. I think it was Vandy game. I did, mm-hmm. yes. Last year was kind of like you had been climbing the mountain since you arrived, right? Like trying to get to this place, trying to help the program get established. You're definitely one of the most unselfish players I've ever watched, so I wouldn't even say it was about establishing yourself. But what has this journey been like from first arriving at Mississippi State to what you guys accomplished making it to the national championship game last year? Mm, it's definitely been great. Um, in, re- in recruiting me, we never did talk about championship. We always talked about, you know, changing the program, getting the fan, ba- fan base in, and, you know, winning more SEC games and stuff like that. So, for us to do what we did my junior year is great. You know, each year I feel like I've gotten better. I've grown each year. My team's grown, and I feel like I lead the pack. So if I'm doing good, my team's doing good, too. And, I mean, I just get chill bumps when you said what we did my junior year. I'm just like, it's it's really unbelievable when I think about it. What moment stands out to you? Is there one that you're like, you, when you think back and then you're like, if I could relive one moment, it'd be this one. I'm not going to say this to shot. You know, I'm not going to say that. You can, but but it may not be that. It might have been a moment with teammates. It, it might have been. What 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 is something that stands out to you? Um, I would say definitely the Baylor game. Uh, I remember a moment they had fouled me and I had me and Torres at half court and we was just turned up. Like, we jumped up and down. The coach was like, Whoa, calm down. You still got to make the free throws. <laughs> And I'm like, man, I shoot all my free throws. I make all my free throws. And I'm just like, I got it. Next thing I know, I make the first to miss a second. I'm just like, well, 
we still winning, coach. You know, <laughs> so, as soon as you uh, got a little bit turned up, you missed that free throw. Yeah. Man, I was watching you, and I was sitting in a at a Chili's actually having having dinner, and I and I had turned you know had him turn on the game. I forced everybody. Look, if this is women's basketball, we turning this on. So I'm sitting there with my brother, and I'm like, you don't see this. Like, you don't see Morgan Williams like going off. And and we kept saying. They can't stop her. What are they going to do to stop her? But in those moments, have you ever been that, like, in a zone in your basketball career? I have, but not in that big. That was a big platform I was on right then. Yeah. None other than UConn, but Baylor was big, too, because you know how, like, when you come out stretching for warm-ups and you just look down the other side, I'm just like, dang, they big. Like, I'm going to take a lot of licks tonight. I'm going to get a lot of blocked shots. And then next thing I know, I'm in the game. And I'm shooting over people. If I'm not shooting over, I'm throwing the assist to T. So it was just like incredible game. Like anything they tried to do, they couldn't stop me. And I'm just like, I'm in a different zone. Coach coming to the uh, huddle. He's like, we're going to do this play. I'm like, if I'm open, I'm shooting it, Coach. <laughs> like I don't ever say nothing. You let it put him on notice. Yeah. Yeah, but you just kind of, it was the energy, right? Yeah. So you usually don't say anything in the huddle? No, not like when he's drawing a play. I'll be like, okay. But I'm like, I'm shooting this. You said it? Yeah. <laughs> That is fantastic. But, you know, the fact that you talk about the size of Baylor is what I think is so amazing about your story. Now, I'm, we got your listed height, but how tall are you for real? I'm saying height is Holly Rowe. You and Holly the same height? Mm-hmm. 5'3". Holly might not be 5'3". <laughs> I'm going to have to call her in here in a minute and get my I take think it's those heels out. Holly be wearing. Oh, no, no. She took her shoes off? She took her shoes off. We took a picture. So you're five three, and you know it's crazy because like when I'm at some tournament, I think SEC it was like Morgan Williams five seven. I started, I just sat there for a minute. I'm like, okay. When I shook my teammates' hand, I'm five seven, y'all. <laughs> they said you were five seven. I think so. One of them games, they said five seven. That does happen. We met players mess up. We mess up sometimes. Um, but you you really inspired a army of. I guess not even just kids, but just people that felt like underdogs, right? Because size in your situation does not matter at all. Like you were dominating players that shooting over players that you just had no business. But the magic of how you inspired people in those, did you feel that side of it? Like we know you won the game. We know you were making big plays, but you also had people that were like, yeah, for the underdog, the yeah for the, you know, maybe smaller basketball players. Like, did you feel that? Yeah, I did. After the fact, like, I have gotten so many letters from, like, I got a letter from this uh, Tennessee ball fan, wrote me a letter, not even about the basketball, about, like, losing her father and stuff like that. Like, I've gotten so many letters and notes about not even basketball, just life-related stuff, like being short and overcoming things. I'm just like, wow, touched a lot of people out there, and I don't even know it. Fans, stay right where you are. We will be back with more of Mississippi State's Morgan William coming up right after the break. Third quarter. Your story was tremendous. I mean, even about, you know, the personal tragedy that you um, had gone through and how that impacted your performance and also your relationship with Coach Schaefer. What... How did that develop? Like, I know you and Blair say you're, you're sisters, you're really close. But how did your relationship with Coach Schaefer develop? Uh, I think just in the recruiting process when uh, he was recruiting me and my, him and my father were close and 
No, Schaefer real big on defense, and my dad, he was all about defense, you know. Defense wins first, da-da-da. So I think that really helped. And then when he passed, it was like Schaefer just – when I got to college, it was tough at first because I was away from home. Practice was hard. I was just like, oh, this for me is too hard. And, you know, he was just there, and so the other coaches. And me and Blair been roommates, you know, all four of my years of college. So, I mean, we have a lot of stories, a lot of pranks that I pranked there. A lot of eating out, stuff like that. So we're really close. And how much did you know about the Mississippi State, like, legacy before you came in? I mean, you guys have obviously taken it to the next level, but the tan whites of the world and all and all of that. Um, to be honest, I really didn't know much about them. But when I did get here, I, I think I met Tan one time, but me and Toya, she talked to me from time to time. Yeah. You know, she tell me, you know, you got a bright future. She proud of me and stuff like that. Yeah, those were, I, I remember those days. I mean, that was obviously as close of success. I mean, you guys have taken it to the next level as I remember at Mississippi State. But you mentioned your crowds and you guys and your attendance. I mean, the hump is, is a scary place to play. It's um, lit. It is lit. I'm trying to think, was I there? I, I was there when you guys played Missouri last year and it was crazy. And then... I was there another time, but what what has that been like? You know, just kind of watching the crowd grow and and that whole aspect of things, the mm. following. To be honest, it's crazy because when I came on official Mississippi State, I think they were playing South Carolina, and it was probably like twenty people in the stands. So for us to see us grow, I mean, it's crazy. Like coming out of the tunnel, everyone screaming, like no seats to be set in. I'm just like, this is unbelievable. You know, my recruiting class, the Schaefer Z that we would do. We're actually doing it, so it's it's great. It's a great feeling. Now, y'all have lost a couple uh, of key pieces from your team, right? Dom, who I'll be honest with you, was like, I mean, I was like the biggest fan. Like, I just think she, Me too. I mean, you talking about toughness, it, it, it does not get any tougher than her. Just the, her blue-collar play, the work ethic, just all of that. And I'm sure you're used to having her by your side, too, so that'll be different for you and then um Richardson is gone now. Mm-hmm. So what what how do you guys start to put the pieces together and God, not that you don't have a lot of pieces still left. Um, but how do you make up for what you lost from last year? Uh, it's tough. I don't think we'll ever be able to make up Dom. I mean, I know I used to gamble on defense. Somebody get by me and she'll make up for it, get in charge. I don't know if I can do that this year. Nope. So. <laughs> so you know um it's definitely gonna be hard we had like a star player like another kelsey plum or you know who had diamond shields it won't be a one-person job it'll be a team job we all have to be help side get ready to take a charge or seal anything like that with don we know you know you're on your own so now it's like team thing yeah she would she would shut him down right best player of the team at least make him work real hard for it mm-hmm. dom comes to huddle knees hurting tired like, i know you're working hard I know. <laughs> <laughs> now mccallan should have a big year right i mean she's she really started to come on strong towards in the ncaa tournament what have you seen from her so far uh, um well in the scrimmage we had she did really good um uh, scored a lot of points got a lot of rebounds you know had to work on being tired and making dumb fouls in post position. Mm-hmm. And since, like, the new rules when people running down, you can't just run over people. She's going to have to be aware of where she's going when she's yeah. running. She's a big body running down the court. It's going to be tough. Because I know if I saw her run down the court and I don't have no help, I'm going to step in front of her. And take <laughs> right, take so. a <laughs> And that's what y'all do anyway, okay? Yeah. Y'all take some charges now. Yeah, you know, we don't bounce up because we're tired and not the wind out of us. But, you know, if. If someone 
in front of Tierra. I'm just going to scream her name like, I can't pass you the ball. Watch out. So, right. I think she's going to be good, though. I feel like each year we're all growing and developing more to our game. So I'm looking forward to seeing what she's going to do. And if nothing else, boy, that defense will be intact because I know Coach Schaefer does not. I mean, y'all work hard. People don't even. I don't think people understand how hard y'all work on on your scouting, on your defensive principles. We work really hard, especially defensively. No walkthroughs, straight defense. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 fun to see. So, um, two more things I wanted to ask you about before I let you go. Number one is, do you have the shot as like your screensaver on your computer? Is a poster up on your wall? Is it framed? Like, where is this? Uh, Who's in there giggling? Tarika? Yeah, I did not you. know that my mic was hot. Uh-huh. I'm so sorry. We heard y'all. you giggling. <laughs> <laughs> right, you heard her. <laughs> How many places is this shot posted up? I had it on my screen save, but I took it off. New season, I took it off. Don't even look at it. I used to wake up like, ooh. Yeah. You no, know, I did that. <laughs> right, I know. Living a dream. Look at that. Yeah, but now it's not up anywhere. Except on my Instagram page on that post, but other than that, I don't have it anywhere. In your mind, is there anything that should keep this team from winning a national championship if you guys are able to get back to the Final Four again? What's it going to take? It's going to take everything in us. I mean, literally, last year it was fatigue. I mean, now, I mean, as long as we stay healthy, we're going to stay healthy, and we just think uh, we're going to win each and every game because we did last year. That's going to mess us up. So you said you you said fatigue. You thought fatigue set in for you guys late in the season. I think so. Yeah. I know South Carolina game. I mean, I get tired, but I was. I mean, I was tired. I was really tired. Yeah, I was down bad, and I slept good for the next couple of weeks. I'm sure. <laughs> turn off the alarm. Turn off all the like. I'm going to bed. Don't bother me. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, well, you put it. You put out a lot of energy. Um. There was something else I wanted to ask you. Wait a minute, Tariq, I got one more question. I wanted to ask you about the shot, and then there was something else. Tarika, tell me. She what messed up when she started laughing. I know. Now she can't get it. Now I got to rap because she messed up. You know what? First of all, I think this whole <laughs> conversation has gone unfairly. Okay. No, it hasn't. Uh, yes, you it in has. here giggling. I, I thought it was a great question to ask about the screensaver, and I laughed to myself, but <laughs> I didn't realize my mic was hot. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it was a great question. Uh-huh. Um, I had a fun time watching Dak go crazy during the game, and I'm actually now a Cowboys fan because of him. Mm-hmm. So that has to be, you got to keep that, that stuff on, like, VHS somewhere so you can show your kids. Oh, yeah. I think they gave us some Final Four stuff for, like, film of that game on, on the drive. So. Yeah. Yeah, you got a whole crew of people. They should be able to help you. Last but not least, um, how did you start playing basketball? Um, stepdad, uh, when I was, like, three or four, um, I had two stepbrothers, Cameron and Jalen. ended up playing co-ed basketball on their team. I got my first basket on wrong wrong side of goal. Going uh-huh. fast. Going fast. It took me forever to get layups down because I was going so fast and I just throw it off the backboard. But, you know, I finally gathered myself and you know, I became a pro making layups, getting fouled. And, yeah, that's it. I took off from there. And free throw history, let me tell you about this. Uh-oh. Freshman year, playing Spain Park. We lost by, like, four. I went one for nine for free throw line. What? That's it. That's the last time he made me shoot. He made me make a hundred free throws every day before I left the gym. Before you left the gym? Yes, he said you will never go one for nine ever again. So that's how you got this great free throw shooting. Mm-hmm. So when I miss, I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's it. 
A hundred. A hundred. Dang. It worked. Whatever. Well, one for nine. I know. You must Brick. have been nervous, Brick. No, I really couldn't shoot free throws. Look, <laughs> <laughs> nervous or something? Bang. Um, Tell us really quickly about Morgan off the court. What do you like to do? Mm. Who's your favorite musical artist? Do you cook? Drake. Drake. I like, I like to cook, but when basketball season come, I don't want to do anything. I like to go bowling. I'm pretty good at bowling. I like to go to movies. I like to play Madden on my Xbox, that Uh-oh. guy. Uh-oh. Most important, I love to sleep when I can. Need that sleep. And be with my brothers and sisters and my mom. Oh, she looks so sweet and innocent. I am. But she'll hang 40 on you. Morgan, thank you so much for joining the show. And, hey, do one of those go dogs. What's y'all's chant that Coach always says? Come on, ready? One, two, go. Praise the Lord, go dogs. <laughs> thank you. Good luck this season. Hail State. Hail State. Oh, now you got some more. Come on, let them all go. Now I'm done now. <laughs> you sure that's it? You got some? Uh, I just know go dogs. That's the only one I always hear. But you're right. Coach always says, praise the Lord, go dogs. All right, I see you this season. <clears throat> I hope. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fourth quarter. Out of bounds. Well, fans, it is an exciting time for the WNBA right now as there was an announcement this week uh, that the San Antonio Stars obviously, you know, moved to Las Vegas. But there were more details shared. Big announcement this week out of Vegas that there's a logo in a team name. That's right. The WNBA now has the Las Vegas Aces. And we have with us right now on Around the Rim, the president of basketball operations and head coach of the WNBA Las Vegas Aces, Bill Lambeer. Welcome to the show, Coach. Oh, good morning. Well, as I said, it's an exciting time, but let's go back. Um, talk us through just kind of how you became a part of the Las Vegas Aces. Well, I got a strange got a call from their chairman saying, uh, "Hey, Bill, this is Jim Murray, and they're going to buy the Los a- the San Antonio Stars." And I went, "Oh, wow, okay." And then he said, they, "They want me to be a part of it." And I went, "Oh, wow, okay." I got to think about that one. But uh, after thinking about it, it was time for me to get a new challenge, and uh, I embraced it. And uh, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting times here. Very exciting times. Now, so what was attractive to you about this opportunity, about Vegas? Like, what was exciting to, to you about this? Well, it, it, I, I like challenges. Uh, you know, I was good. In New York, we got to a point and we couldn't get over the hump. Unfortunately, I feel bad for the, the fans because they want to win a championship so bad. But it was Katie's time and it was time for me to move on and get a new challenge. And this is a, this is a challenge. You know, we all, we, all we're bringing from San Antonio is the players. So I have to go out and find practice sites, which I'm doing today, uh, you know, and it's buying all the supplies, all the way down the nail clippers, uh, you know, <laughs> and other employees. <laughs> it's a bit of a challenge and a lot of work. Yeah, you got a lot of work to do. Um, we're going to get to the players in the moment, but just your overall impressions, because I, I was thoroughly impressed with uh, the announcement that was made in Vegas. I mean, I had the opportunity to be there, obviously, but you've been around the WNBA for a long time. What is your feel for the city, for the, you know, the organization and, and how they are proceeding? Like, how does it compare with other interactions you've had across the league? Uh, this is not, this is unlike anything else. Uh, MGM is a, a very, very large company uh, in town. They got 77,000 employees. Um, so I, I, I'm continue to be shocked by the amount of resources they have and the, and the talent level of their employees and what they can do for us. Uh, so, I mean, that's a big positive, especially at the start of this whole thing. 
Yeah. Uh, as far as the town, it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a big town, but it's a small town. They're very community orientated. Uh, they really uh, get out in the community. Uh, all the sports teams that are here and coming here are making a commitment to the the city, and that fits right up really well with the WNBA because that's one of our our fortes. So I, I think overall, I think uh, you know it's still going to be work and get people you know understand our game and come to the games, but I, I think it's going to be successful. So let's talk player personnel. Um, let's start with last year having the number one pick in Kelsey Plum. Where do you see her fitting in in terms of her role on your team? Well, you know, that's everything about player roles and, and how it fits in is to be decided. Uh, you, you never know about a player until you actually coach them. Uh, you can see from afar some of the things you, you might think, but it's not the same as being out there and demanding of them and pushing them to a certain limit. Um, I, I, I can say that for the personnel we're taking over, we're probably not a lockdown defensive team uh, unless we go out and get a bunch of them. So I think we're going to have to outscore some people at times, which we have some scores. Uh, you know, and the first pick in the draft is going to be a score also. That's going to be a positive. But uh, I think we need more size, uh, you know, more bulk to go against up some of the big trucks in this league and uh, probably uh, beef up the small forward position. Well, yeah, having that uh, number one pick is, is a, a nice luxury. And I heard you on the announcement, f- you know, for the draft lottery say that you feel like the consensus number one overall pick is Asia Wilson. How much have you gotten to see her play? And what are your thoughts on her? Uh, I've seen her play a couple times live in this in tape. And I'm also looking at Kelsey Mitchell. You know, she's a, a big scoring machine because you never know what's going to happen. It could be trades involved here someplace. People ring my phone every day. What are you doing, Bill? Yeah, uh, we know, Trader Bill. Trust me, we're not <laughs> sleeping on you at all. <laughs> yeah, but so, yeah, as far as you, your question of Asia Wilson, uh, she's a smart player. Uh, you know, she exemplified by she t- takes the ball to bounds a lot. I mean, that means you know what you're doing out there. You're, you know how to play basketball, and she passes well. Uh, I think her forte really is she can drive. For a six foot five player that can drive like she can and finish uh, with her length, uh, that, that's a huge positive. Now, you uh, alluded to, obviously, some changes in New York. Just curious, because this is a place you've been and obviously have relationships there with fans and et cetera. What was your reaction to finding out that the team was being sold? Uh, You know, a little disappointment. I understand uh, where it's coming from. You know, it's been it's been talked about for years, even when I first got there, that, you know, that MSG is a it's a large venue with a lot of pressure on it. and, you know, to succeed and have big crowds and, you know, and, and, the, and the big ticket items. Uh, so, you know, uh, it's been coming uh, that it happened right now. Um, surprising timing, maybe a little bit. Uh, I just hope things work out for them. And it sounds like they're they're progressing down a road of, of a positive factor. So I hope it all works out for them. Yeah, definitely. You could hear the sentiments from the fans of, you know, just hoping that they can keep the team in New York. And speaking of fans, Bill, uh, for our last few minutes, I want to take a couple questions from from the fans. Uh, we put it out to Twitter, hashtag around the rim. What do you want to ask Bill Lambeer? So the first question comes from at WNBA Insider. Um, what's a realistic goal for a young team with new administration in a new state? Uh, the realistic goal is they had to play hard. Uh, you know, that, that you, you can't win consistently in any sport unless you go out there and put maximum effort forth in, in practice and, and in games. And I, I think we're going to have that because we're going to be so young, uh, I can push them in practice. Uh, practices should be harder than the games. Uh, if you get a veteran squad, they're banged up for you know, all the overseas plays, so you can't get as much um, intensity in practice as you like. I think this is going to be a very intense environment. Next question is, 
from at dearest God is Trader Bill going to be active this off season? I know there's a rule change to um, as far as the number one pick is concerned as well. But are will you do you plan on making a lot of roster moves, whether in free agency? Like what kind of what do you have in mind there, Bill? Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm be active everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> of course, <laughs> when you're when you're the last place team, you know why are you going to sit pat? You know, um, you know, I'll field calls. I'll make calls on on behalf of you know looking to improve our roster through a trade. Uh, I'm going to try to be as active as possible in the free agent market. I think this is a great town for people to. Uh, we're going to attract many players over the years to come here because it's going to be a first class organization and it's, it is Las Vegas. Uh, so I think both of those areas that I'm going to try to be active, how successful I am remains to be seen. And we have one more question for you, Bill, and this is a WNBA general question. In your opinion, why have Minnesota and L.A. been so dominant in, in all the trips to the finals? What do you see in those two teams that um, obviously you are three-time WNBA champion head coach and two-time NBA champ. Why have those two teams been the cream of the crop the last few years? You mean besides they have the best players? <laughs> okay. you, you mean you're not going to give Cheryl any credit for coaching there? Any no. coach will tell you that it's easy to win with great players. Uh, you know, they have multiple Olympians and they have multiple All-Stars. And, you know, and, and, and they're both well-coached. You know, you know, Brian and Cheryl are very fine coaches and, and they get a lot out of their teams. But at the end of the day, you know, everybody wants to strive to have players of that caliber and, and a vast majority of players of those caliber that they have. Uh, hopefully that's what we're going to do here. We've had some high picks in the last couple of years, get number one this year. And I think when uh, some of the quality players run their course uh, with their with their initial contracts or in their existing contracts, I think they're going to give Las Vegas a really long look as a possible place to really build us something special. Bill, we are not sleeping on you whatsoever. Thank you so much for joining Around the Rim. Congratulations on everything you have going on. The Las Vegas Aces it is. Hoping to, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of taglines coming your way on that aces. So be ready for that. <laughs> Thank you so much for we'll joining see. us, coach. We appreciate it. Thank you very it. much. Enjoy yourself. Well, fans, as always, we appreciate you. Without you, there is no show. Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. And uh, if you want to get in touch with us, hashtag Around the Rim. I am at LaChina Robinson. Tarika is at Sports underscore. Until next week, see ya. Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. Check out more podcasts from ESPN on the ESPN app.